1: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy.
0: That's what the poster said?
1: See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie. Critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG 13. Welcome back to the Winning Plays podcast, episode number four, with Brian Rob and Michael Pena. I'm Rich Levine. And guys, it's a little fitting for this to be episode number four, because as we speak, there are four games left in the Celtics' regular season. Recording this on a Wednesday, Celtics play tonight in Miami, Friday night in Indiana, nice rematch of last Friday night. Uh, speaking of last Friday, uh, Michael Pena, you just got back from Vegas. You spent last weekend uh, in Sin City, is this correct?
0: I did. I was at a bachelor party for a good friend of mine. Um, How do you was, feel? My brain was mush uh the past i guess the first 48 hours back i went to the the bucks nets game on monday night after coming in on the red eye and i did not get any sleep on that red eye so that game was very interesting um but uh yeah vegas you know weekend in vegas absolutely brutal
1: all right we're, we're gonna we're much... gonna get to that we're gonna okay. we're gonna get, get back to that I'm, <laughs> I, I'm just thinking about the fact that i call vegas sin city i hate that i'd like to re- retract that it's not a good nickname. No, it's horrible. And I'm, and I'm sorry. Uh, we're going to hear more about that later. B-Rob is going to retell his, his famous story about playing craps with Kenneth, Kenneth Farid and what we can learn about NBA players from playing <laughs> alongside them. Uh, earlier in the week, the Celtics announced Marcus Smart as the 2019 recipient of the Red Auerbach Award. So congrats to Marcus. And seeing how it's award season, I think we're going to hand out a few awards ourselves today. Uh, season long awards. MVP, obviously. We're gonna we're gonna do a biggest disappointment, most underutilized. Uh, but first, B Rob, Brian Rob, a Celtics beat writer. I kind of I kind of forget about the Red Hourback Award every year. What like is it? it exactly? It's, I I I looked it up. Do you want to tell us, B Rob? Yeah, no, me? you
2: can you can have you, know, you go ahead, Rich.
1: Well, I found the original I found the original press release. Yep. 2000, oh. 2016. Uh, 2006. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it's, it's just uh it, it's given to the celtic the best embodies what it means to be a celtic you know what what red hourback envisioned as celtic pride or, or whatever it is can you name guys two two guys in the history of the award going back to 2006 have won two red hourback awards they're two two-time winners any guesses brian you're up i will uh, i mean
2: paul pierce would have to be one for sure uh, and mark Blount, i think yeah, of course, and then
1: uh, <laughs> and Dino Raja. Um, Dino would have racked him up if, if it yeah. existed. But while well, well, he was he was active, Hall of Famer Dino Raja. By the way, mm. Mm. Um,
2: I, number two. I that's a tough one. Maybe Rondo,
1: but I don't know. Mike, you have a guess. KG. It's KG. Anyways, congratulations yeah. to Marcus. Um, I think we want to just just get right into these awards, right?
2: Yeah, Just dive let's, in. I mean, Let me
1: dive in. We got the we're, we're, we'll get to the Pacers eventually. Everyone knows that the Celtics are playing the Pacers in the in the playoffs. And Friday, I think, is a big game. But let's get to the awards. Which one do we start with?
2: Uh, let's, you let's, up. Get, let's get us going. Yeah, let's get go fast and furious here. Let's start with MVP because, um, I mean, I think, you know, this was an obvious choice earlier in the year, um, in my estimation. But um, I think we have had a couple. You know, or not a couple. We've had one one other guy uh, making a two-horse race uh, towards the end here. But um, I guess I'll put it... I'll, I'll start with Mike here because I'm always curious how me and him line up here in terms of what his uh choice here and it was, if this was even a tough choice for him. Uh, it, was,
0: it was actually a little more difficult than I anticipated. Um, I went with Al Horford as the MVP. Of course you did. And... <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, you know, the there's been a lot of, made of his on-off splits, particularly since the All-Star break, where the Celtics are just getting absolutely blasted uh, when he's off the court, and they look extremely good and, and competent when he's on the floor. Um, it's really funny when you look at just the on Obviously, there's so much more to look at than on-off, strictly on-off splits when we're talking about a, a most valuable player for an entire season. But... Um, before the uh, before the All Star break, his on-off splits actually weren't even that impressive. Yeah, um, no, they're bad. <laughs> yeah, they were bad. Um, so that made uh, that made Kyrie Irving was was I, I I almost leaned in that direction just because I am a firm believer in his talent, and we saw it at the end of the Anana Pacers game on Friday. Um, just having a guy who's completely unguardable. Uh, in a i mean he's been so good in clutch situations as well uh all year long uh having one of the better statistical seasons of his entire career in terms of efficiency you're not
1: allowed to, not allowed to say all these nice things about Kyrie if you're just gonna give the award to Al. this is true yeah that, that's true. How, that's how i feel all right then i'll stop right there <laughs> v- Rob, who did you pick <laughs> um
2: i want to go to rich right now okay because i'm still um as we I'm honestly going back and forth in my head as we are discussing this. Well, did you, maybe,
1: but did you pick one before we before we came on? Yeah, the I picked one, but or I'm when, just who, and who was it?
2: I mean, uh, no. Let, let's...
1: Re, re, go to your list and just 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 read it.
2: No, well I am torn right now because Kyrie <laughs> Irving, Kyrie Irving. Is What's the truth, it do, be... th- do
1: you think that he didn't pick one and he, and he's just doing it on the fly?
2: It's it's possible, right no, I think
1: you need to just say who you picked your MVP is. It's yeah. okay, we won't hold you to it.
2: No, I mean, I want <laughs> on, on on the court. It's Kyrie okay, Irving. So, K- Kyrie, yeah, it's Kyrie. Sure. But in a way, it it pains me to give it to him based on just how the season has gone, in terms of like the off floor stuff. Like it's it's hard, and 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 the turn of how well Al has played in the last two months. So when you just look at, you know, there's no question Kyrie's putting up career numbers, his encore performance, barring you know the a pretty horrific February from a defensive perspective has been fantastic, but you look at just the, the hiccups he's had in not dividing the locker room, but like, you know, calling out the young guys, getting frustrated on the floor, um, the ask me July 1st stuff, all that stuff. It, it makes it, you know, it makes me want to give it to Alf, even though the, the on-court numbers say I shouldn't. is just trying his hardest, man.
1: I mean, <laughs> I mean, but here's, on the court, and I, I know there have been brief, not brief. there have been, there, 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 have been there, there have been lapses, but generally speaking, I mean, you go back to that, the on the Pacers, that one play uh, on Friday night, right? Where he got, was he got the rebound and he chased down and like it sort of picked off a loose ball, like right on the baseline. I think it, it, they ended up scoring. I think ultimately it was like a turnover or something, but do you know the play I'm, I'm talking about? Um, yeah, he got a rebound in traffic and then it like, there was like a. Like, the ball took a big bounce and was going towards, like, almost half court. and he, Just he, late in the fourth quarter. You know what? Let, let, let's just move on. But I'm just saying, it was one okay. of many plays this year where I feel like, yo know, he he has played his ass up. But up, I'll, I'll tell you, man, coming into this conversation, it was an easy Kyrie for me. Yeah, I believe that. Uh, but, but what you say about, like, can you be the MVP if you are pulling the strings kind of the way he was behind the scenes and, like, and it's not only the players. He, he made, he made like, really hard for the organization this year. Um, can you be the MVP and still be that guy? I don't know. I feel like I, for some reason I'm able to, to separate it. You know, I feel like there enough times, I think he... What, what, what I found is also kind of pushing me the other way, is that who do you think played more games this year? Who has played more games? Kyrie or, or Horford? I won't answer because I just looked at it. Pino, what do you think?
0: Um...
1: I think that it's Horford. Yeah, so Al, he's, he's played in one more game, 65-64 right now, which did surprise me. It feels like Kyrie's, Kyrie's been. Kyrie's taking there a lot more. of nights off. <laughs> he's taking a lot of trips to Cleveland off,
2: um, among other places. <laughs> so, yeah, like, but I, I yeah, still like... I
1: still feel like he's just the guy that's been that's carried and and part of the beauty of Al Horford is that he's like, there are a lot of subtleties to and nuances to his dominance and his greatness just feels to me like Kyrie has carried more of the the burden on the court this year and more deserving of the MVP. I mean, the burden was definitely on
2: him for the first half of the year because Al wasn't good then. And obviously Marcus Morris is much better. Smart was playing out of his mind at that point too. But Kyrie really – like the, the Celtics started 10-10. And, and It could be could have been even worse if Kyrie wasn't like a showman during those opening 20, 30 games there. Um but it, it, it just is really hard to ignore just like all the, all the drama that he's um, – again, it's not all on him, obviously. It, it, there's been plenty of drama across this whole locker room um, and just around this team in general for a wide variety of reasons that we've gotten into before. But um, it does – it creates a little blemish on that, um, you know, when you, when you hand out a guy like kind of give MVP recognition for something like that.
1: Can I
0: throw out a quick stat that kind of cuts into my argument? Um, Always. So, uh, when Horford has been on the floor without Kyrie this season, uh, the Celtics have been outscored by 2.3 points per 100 possessions. And when Kyrie has been on the floor without Al, the Celtics have outscored their opponent by 3 points per 100 possessions. So, that's a pretty
2: pretty decent swing right there.
1: Interesting, yeah. For
2: In favor of Kyrie, Kyrie, you mean? Yes. Yeah, that's what I would... And I would say, too... Like, just to harp on that point, it's kind of like Horford's importance, I feel like, has been strengthened to a sense of, like, not flawed roster instruction, but just guys not stepping up behind him. Like, he's super important to this team, but the the fact that, like, no other big beyond Baines can, like, man the middle, like, you know, that's, that's something that, you know, Makes his numbers look that just much better. I feel like for his on-offs.
1: Yeah, but and I think he's also a guy that like, you know, you can. You, th- there's an argument to be made, and it hasn't happened yet. Is if, if you can win an NBA title with Kyrie Irving as your best player, right? We don't know that for sure yet, but we we know you can't without Horford as your best player. Absolutely. All right. Not. So it's like Al no. you know, Al, Al needs <laughs> Al needs you know the guys like Kyrie to, to be at his best. You know, and that's why to me, and I, that's probably why my my mind just jumped so quickly to Kyrie at first with the MVP because just just without him, you know, Al's he could still be Al, but it's just not a, not it's not as significant, I guess.
2: Yeah, it's again. I'm happy that Mike went with Al. I think that's a. It was worth talking about. I think it was a a closer race. But so, what's
1: your what's your final decision? Because this is going to turn the yeah. When plays MVP, yeah.
2: So I, I'm sticking with Kyrie. Like Kyrie. That's why I stuck Sticking with initially. Sticking with, Kevin. I mean, <laughs> okay. which I think I think that's a, I think that's and I, that can come back to burn me on July first. Here we'll find
1: out. But uh, <laughs> we need, we, you know. one of the reasons we need like a Twitter page or website is so that you can take a screenshot of, of the the file that has your picks. Sure. Yeah. You know, so we can see what they were before. What's uh? Let's go to most improved. Yeah, this is an
2: interesting. Who's the,
1: one. Who's the MIC this year?
2: I think this is a pretty obvious choice. I um, do too, B Rob. Who do you have?
1: Well, we should let B- if it's as obvious as we think it is, B Rob should should unveil it. Terry Rozier, come on! I mean, <laughs> like what a
2: what a season! Monstrously. Um, it's it's Marcus Smart mm-hmm. and um, Red Hourback Award winner. Red Hourback Award winner, Marcus Smart. There, on It is. It's it's sad. I guess this is part of the Celtics' problem that Marcus Smart had no competition for this award. There's <laughs> literally no one else on the roster. I feel like who you could even make a case for this. And it's funny, Brad Stevens said in California on the road trip a couple weeks ago that, oh, you know, he thought, you know, Semi Ojale might be the most improved player on this team. <laughs> like, just kind of volunteered that, which is funny, because you'd never know it based on how much he's played, because um, you just don't get a chance to see him as much. But Smart obviously uh, has pegged himself into the starting lineup uh, more out of necessity than anything else. He's kind of dipped a little bit lately. We'll talk that later, about that later maybe. But uh, from start to finish, with the three-point shooting, the defense being consistent as always, and um, particularly for me, just the shot selection is so much better um, than previous years. It's a it's a runaway win for Marcus.
0: So I think that Marcus is uh, John Schumann did a big piece about on NBA.com about most improved player, and he has. In his statistical database, he, he's able to look at who made the most significant jumps forward in effective field goal percentage from last year to this year. Mm-hmm. And I believe Marcus Smart was, I can't remember off the top, it was either 6th, 7th, or 8th in the entire league, um, which is just, I mean, it's seismic because, it, you know, that was always the big knock on his game, his inability to finish around the rim, his inability to shoot threes, uh, shot selection... Uh, And it really hurt his efficiency throughout his career. And for him to make shots all of a sudden, it really transforms his value. It turns that contract he just signed into, you know, one of the league's best, I would say, honestly. Um, Non-max contracts, non-rookie-scale contracts. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty clearly Marcus Smart. I don't think there are any other... I mean, I guess you could make a real dumb case for Kyrie just because he's better, (laughs) but... But no. like now, he's not. It's not even close to what Marcus has done
1: this year. Yeah, and I, and I, we've mentioned this before, but the fact that like you know you expect that a lot of times to happen in the contract year. The fact that it's coming after he got paid, um, just more reason to to respect the way he handles business. And you know, four four years he's gone from two fifty three from from beyond three point line to three sixty seven this year. I mean, that's that's improvement. Yeah. What else? No, no question
2: and. I mean, just talking to someone with the Celtics before the season even started, or even like early in the season, just talking about closing time lineups and things like that, and that was the biggest thing they mentioned early on was like, you know, Ken Smart, you know, before you couldn't really play Smart as much in crunch time on offense because teams could ignore him. Now they can't ignore him. Like, he's his three-point shooting is at a level where you know, you leave him wide open at your own risk now. That's a that's an above average shot. So like that, that's going to be, I mean, for all the, the the problems this team has had this year or not the problems, with like the, the underwhelming performances, like that could be one of the biggest difference makers in the playoffs now, since, I mean, I think it's going to be pretty clear that Smart's going to be in that crunch time lineup um, pretty close to every game and he's not going to necessarily have to always be taken down for offense.
0: Yeah, he he's shooting 40% on open threes this year. Last year it was 32.1%.
1: Wait, what was the number for this year? One more time? 40. 40. Yeah. Yeah, I mean his his yeah, effective field goal percentage 53, 53 This year, first time it's been over 40 44 in his career since his rookie year. And you talk about like people like, you know, not dealing, you know, Terry, it's like you're not seeing the floor as much. You're not scoring as much he's averaging Marcus smart averaged fewer minutes this year than any year since 2016 and scoring fewer points than any season, but his rookie year. It hasn't yet yeah. to beat.
0: Yeah. So. And his, his usage is a career low, uh, way down, uh, almost five points down from where it was last season. And you see him just kind of make up for that, you know, by leading the league in steal rate, um, and, you know, obviously being one of the more versatile uh, defenders in the entire league. Uh, yeah, he just he's, – he's great.
2: He's the only guy who's playing their, their role. Like that – if everyone – not everyone on the team, but, like, this is where, like, Terry Rozier's usage, like, not Marcus Morris's, they These guys should be trending down to the bottom and just maximizing their opportunities. And Smart was one of the few guys on this team just to embrace – you know, he, he figured out. Okay, what does this team need? It needs guys to hit open threes and get other people going, and that's been again a big part of why the offense has, you know, been a lot better and why the Celtics have thrived when he's been on the floor.
1: Do you guys worry at all? Because you know we had the the Embiid situation uh, in the Philly. You know, Embiid. I want to ask you about this first. Like, what's how nervous are you? How much, or to say, how much confidence do you have in and Marcus, just keeping it together in the playoffs? Like maybe I mean, that maybe the pretty... thing needed to happen. Maybe you needed to get that system. Yeah, maybe I think you need exactly reminded of of the of the stakes.
2: Yeah, I I will say, yeah, i I'm happy that it happened again, and it cost him a game. Like when he did in the Hawks game, they still won that game. Uh, when he got into the thing with uh, Bembry. the clearly the Sixers game they would have won if he was on the floor. So I'm not worried about that at all. The only thing I'm worried about. I don't know if you guys have noticed this in the last month or two, and I don't know. It's, it's a lot of noise with the on off numbers, but the Celtics have been like trending worse when he's been playing on the floor. And I think that is bizarre given his history, but I do think he has been, his shot selection has kind of slipped in recent weeks. Um, he's taking a little more, you know, getting back into old habits a little bit, if you will. Um, I don't know again, if it's, it doesn't more his whole season, but, it's something that I feel like has contributed to just the the team's five hundred play since the All Star break. Mm.
0: Concur. Yeah, uh, the numbers aren't great over the last twenty games or so for him. Um, but uh, again, there's really no one else to discuss for this award. Um, who would be number two? It? Like just out of like, I really think it would be. Think? I
2: really think it would be Kyrie. Yeah, I agree with that too. I, I don't think wow. I mean, it's wild that it has to, like, it is him. Like, I right, mean, maybe right?
1: Gordon Hayward's been a little bit better this year than last year. <laughs> oh,
2: God. Um, he? Maybe <laughs> maybe the progression award from for the start of the season. No question. Then let's, um,
1: uh, speaking of uh, the beginning of last year, biggest disappointment. So, congratulations. Uh, Marcus Smart is already uh, racking up awards this season. Right, our back award, most improved award. And oh, by the way, he's first team all defense, right? That's, that's going to happen. This yeah, year. that's going to happen, I think, this year.
2: I uh, I don't see the the fact he's in the starting lineup. I think we'll, is what's going to give it to him.
0: I think. Well, Beverly is probably going to get it and then, over Marcus. Well, well, there's two. No, I'm just there's two spots. So okay. Beverly is going to be in there, and then I'm trying to think of who else would be. Um, in the conversation, uh, it's anybody
2: come to mind, B Rob? Offhand, no. I mean, like no one clay like yeah i guess clay but he's been hurt and i don't think i mean that the warriors defense has not been good so like i don't think he'll like he'll get votes, but i don't think he's gonna be ahead of where the celtics are like I, I think smart is a pretty clear cut i mean he's he's not gonna run away with it obviously but i don't see anyone coming in. Can, like even guys like drew holiday like he's been hurt too much like the the other name guys, i think I drew, like, drew
0: will be tough to beat i think yeah um and I think Bledsoe will also have his name in the conversation, that's particularly true. because their defense has been yeah lights out the whole year.
1: Marcus so he'll has get na- Marcus has the narrative though. Every every time they're on national TV, that's all right. Gundy. Everyone's talking about it. It's true.
0: Yeah. I guess we'll see.
1: Yeah. Congrats <laughs> <anyways>. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Biggest disappointment. Him. This should be interesting. B Rob, do you wanna go for, you wanna lead us off?
2: No, I want to. I'm going to hand this off to Mike here because, I again, there are too many names to pick from for me. There are so I want to no, no, the, the like, thing is, you're supposed to pick before. I know, we but come I want to, the
1: podcast as part of as part of the prep.
2: I, I understand, but sometimes I want to be convinced. Well, I want to hear <laughs> other cases to, <laughs> to to short my uh, decision. I mean, you guys know what my decision, my answer is going to be. So I like, think
0: I do, but there's a lot of options. I can options. go. I can go first. I don't care. Yeah. Um, I my. My pick is uh, Terry Rozier. Um, I thought that he was going to come into this season as a sixth man of the year candidate. Someone who would just uh, complete. we were just talking about, you know, role acceptance. And uh, I thought that he was going to understand what his role was and um, be in situations where Brad Stevens could even play him in crunch time with Kyrie. Uh, play Kyrie a little bit off the ball. Um, I thought uh, my, my expectations were really high for Terry coming this the season off of the, the playoff run he had last year where there were some real exciting moments from him shooting the ball. And I think in just about every area, he has been uh, quite disappointing. I mean, he has not taken steps forward as a scorer. He's still very inefficient. He struggles to finish around the basket um his playmaking has not improved at all uh his rebounding is you know you still see glimpses of it but he's someone who especially when the celtics are small should be able to grab and go and really bring a new uh dynamic to the offense and transition and we just haven't seen uh any of that um and this is a contract year for him as well, so you would imagine that maybe he's pressing and and his inability to really fit in with, with uh, an adjustment to minutes coming off that playoff run, where I anticipate you know Heath probably thought he had a more firm, so it was walking on more firm solid ground, in the rotation. But uh, yeah, he's he's there's a lot of candidates here, and I don't want to step
1: on anybody's name. Um, but, but here's, but here's, here's, here's Terry my Here's my yeah. question for you. Is that, so you said that you thought he was going to be in the six-man conversation. Yes. Right? But that, that was never a reality. Why? How?
2: Who's not, who wasn't, wasn't going to play? <laughs> I,
1: I know, but like, so what? So, so Marcus and Gordon and Jalen, all those guys would be behind Terry Rozier in the depth, depth chart? I just, I just don't think the opportunity was ever there. I mean, I know we like, all thought that, but I don't know. I don't, I don't think that was ever something that he was going to attain this year. And I, and I think he probably felt the same way you did. He probably thought he was maybe going to be in the, the six-man conversation too, but I don't know. I don't think it was a reality. And we talk about like how Marcus Smart was able to accept his role. It was a lot easier to accept Marcus Smart's role than Terry Rozier's role on this team. So, I mean, I'm not saying he didn't have a disappointing year. Like, I'm sure Terry's very disappointed in how this year went. But I just don't, I don't know. I, did, I, I never felt like he got necessarily the, the, the chance and dropped it. I just I don't know. I never, he never really got a, a great chance. Never got a chance. But you dude, love well, Terry Rich. You well, no, I Terry. love him. I, I mean, so uh, he'll he'll come up later, but I don't know. I just, but he was never going to be a six man candidate. The the minutes just weren't here. They like they 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 kept him around for Kyrie insurance, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, he, okay. So, but that doesn't mean that he hasn't sucked and been disappointing. Sure. Like, yeah, I know the, exactly. the rationale of why they kept him around. I mean,
1: no, but I'm just saying that, like, I think the. Disappointment- so what what was this? Bis- what bis- was his role supposed? Is based on expectations yeah, yeah. that were unreal.
0: It was also based on just like you're supposed to get better, like even if his minutes dropped, you would think that uh, and his shots dropped, you would think that his efficiency would go up because that's typically what happens. That's not the case. Like he got worse.
1: But there's so- nothing typical about his situation. Like he had he was he was given a, a, an audition basically, and I wouldn't say he nailed it. But like, let's, let's get let's give him a B plus, right? Last year, okay. all things considered, you're now the starting point guard. Uh, Kyrie's out. I, I I give him a B plus, and like that that was atypical for that to happen. And then to have to go right back. Not only that, like you got Gordon back. You know, you brought Marcus Smart back. Like, the, the, it just, it's just less than ideal to get better. I don't know. And that's not to say he hasn't gotten better, but it's just a less than ideal situation to show it.
0: Who's – okay, b Red. what are your thoughts here?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it's a situation where – yeah, like, I agree with what Rich said. He like, was a, definitely a B-plus last year. He was fantastic last year when he came over. I just think that maybe it was potentially, like, the worst thing for him in terms of, like, going into this year in terms of what his expectations needed to be for this team of, like, he – was not able to, you know, take a step back, take a smaller role a la Smart in terms of the offense and focus on the things he needed to do to, you know, help this team win. Because the things he's been trying to do to help this team win, I take a lot of shots, take the same amount of shots that he did last year per the time he's on the floor, like there are clearly much better options on this team to do that. And defensively, I think he's been a step back from last year too. And I don't know why, what you point to for that. Maybe he's focused on other things, but like you put it all together and he's been given the, the thing I like, he's been given such a long, a leash rich all year long too. Like he's been very bad times. He hasn't been benched once. And that's a tribute to Brad Stevens and like having the faith in him to like, you. we know you're better than this. You can turn it around, which is great, which is like, I get but the fact he hasn't really been able to turn it around for a sustained stretch for this long now is like is makes it an easy choice for me anyway just
0: like in, even the numbers aside like he's someone who is so just like incredibly athletic and uh, like just physically gifted in terms of separation a ridiculous first step the ability to basically get wherever he wants with the ball and you would think that someone with those skills and, and those special gifts would be able to shoot over 40% from the floor and he is not even close. So yeah, that's why I had him as the most disappointing for me.
1: Okay. Who, who you got rich? So it's not, it's not as uh, as headlining as, as Terry Rozier, but I'm, I'm going to go with, uh, with Jason Tatum.
0: Mm-hmm. oh wow I yeah. was not expecting that
1: no exactly that's that, that that's that's why I said it for last but no I, th- I think that and obviously it's very relative to say that Jason Tatum is a disappointment is outrageous I'm just saying disappointment what, what, what go, go on with, what we go into <laughs> what we go into the season with we talk about guys losing minutes you know Tatum played more minutes this year than he did last year and a lot of us I, I just I think I was just expecting a little bit of a bigger leap in terms of consistency in terms of maybe confidence and we still see it right it just didn't the improvement like i'll say the guy that we watched in the playoffs last year and the guy we watched in the regular season this year i didn't see i don't feel a super mark difference It's not as much as i felt i was going to his three-point percentage is down we talk about marcus the opposite from you know from 43 percent to 37 percent. he's shooting better from the line but he's getting there less often and that's in more minutes so i don't know well, so, so it's I mean, a bit of a letdown.
0: But real quick, like last year that was one of the better th- he was one of the better three point shooters in the entire league as a 19 year old rookie. So you should expect regression. You shouldn't expect that to get better. It's not it, that number's not going to go up.
1: Sure, but 43 and 37. That's
0: 37's pretty good, man. I'm just I, I mean, I like, saying you...
1: what I what I felt coming in. What are sure. expectations for Jason Tatum coming in?
0: Yeah. I hear you. I, um, I will say,
1: I will
2: say, I've been disappointed with his his defense this year. I feel like his like closeouts, and just like getting, you get so many backdoor cuts on him, like stuff like that that you would hope would improve from year one to year two, have kind of gone in the wrong direction. Um, and so, I mean, the offense stuff is what it is. It's a tough environment for this team. The shots going around, there was going to be a regression anyway, based on those numbers, like Mike said. But I feel like his defense, he's had, he's long. He like, it's, it's been good at times, but it's also like, he's been prone to lapses that have, you know, contributed to this team kind of nosediving in the last couple of months on that front.
1: And I, and I say all this under the umbrella of saying, I think that zero is going to be in the rafters someday. Like I think like this guy is an all time great, but maybe I was just a little hoping for a little bit more, a little bit quicker. And that could be totally unreasonable. That's not to say, and I, I think he's one of those guys that, I've said this before, has it in him, like when the playoffs come, I wouldn't be surprised if we do finally see that that Tatum 2.0 come out. I guess I thought I just thought we were going to see it a little bit more often this regular season.
0: No, that's, that's all fair. And I think that comparing this regular season to the playoffs last year is obviously just like wild different for a variety of reasons. Not like playoff basketball, regular season basketball, two very different things. Gordon being in the lineup, um, uh, you know, there were stretches in the playoffs last year where even Jalen was out too. Like Tatum's uh, responsibilities were so great, and that's in the especially the Sixers series, um, and he really stepped up to the plate. Uh, and you know, when you dunk on LeBron James in the Eastern Conference Finals as a rookie, obviously that's a big, that's like a flashbulb moment that people remember, and they kind of look over all of the, you know, the, the, he took some crummy shots as well. And there were some defensive breakdowns and you still have to factor in just how young he is. And, um, so I thought that before heading into the season, uh, you know, people were really expecting greatness out of him. And, you know, uh, there were people on TV saying that he should, he could be the best player on the team this year. He could be an all-star. And I thought that that was just a little, uh, little too much too soon uh, but I, I do think that um, I'm not saying he, he's better than he was last year but I am saying that it's a little harsh to
2: say that he's necessarily been
0: uh, the biggest
2: disappointment on the team I'm I'm just amazed that Gordon Hayward was able to avoid this category
0: so is that who you had first before no, you, you no. let us influence your decision making
2: no, I did not so here's here's my honorable mention. I had to change mine because I, noticed I had on, to change. Uh, no, it no. I know. noticed on the spreadsheet okay. that it was most disappointing player. Yes. I thought it was just most disappointing. And so <laughs> I was considering going with Brad Stevens. Oh, my the God. Most disappointing. Wow. I I, okay. no, I think that's great. Go. I've, I mean, this has been a disappointing – everyone's had a tough year. It's on the players first. But Brad Stevens is someone who you – I think all of us had immense confidence in to kind of figure this out. And I think he's been slow to react to situations in terms of the starting lineup, in terms of which guys he needs to ride, which guys need to kinda of take a back seat in the offense. And you know, the the fact it took until game seventy five to get to the Baines Horford front line I think is it's not damning, but I think that's like that's troublesome.
0: Baines has been a little, you know. To be fair, Baines has suffered some injuries this year. I, I agree, but like,
2: but like, but more than we can count. I mean, yeah, but that's still like he was healthy for the first thirty games of the year too. Like we were talking about this before the game, the year started. Like, should they start Baines? Should they go big? Like, we, we also throwing... said
0: that the 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 Hayward, you know, that the lineup that everyone thought was gonna be great was gonna be like better than the the Warriors' death lineup. So, you know, right? But it, that's it's like it's, like, re- it's just. No, no, it's, it's just like, it's really difficult to, um, you know, adjust mid season to, you know, like if you're in that, the head coach's seat to have those preseason thoughts and then have to adjust on the fly. It's just like, I, 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 I usually don't even like criticizing coaches cause it's just, it's really, there's so many different things. Like, yeah, he could have started Baines, but then, okay. So who goes to the bench? Probably Marcus Morris. And Marcus Morris is a guy who is, you know, probably one of the more vocal players in the locker room, one of the more influential players in the locker room. If he's unhappy
2: and you lose him, what happens then? Like, so there's just all these different... (laughs) Could it have been worse than what we've seen in the last two months? (laughs) (laughs) Like, honestly, like, well, here's the thing, Mike. Like, it's hard to change things in the middle of the season. Last year, he lost Gordon Hayward on opening night and managed to patch that team to 55 wins. So we know he's capable of it. Of course it's tough for things... It's hard on the fly. Like, of course, this has, like, been a nightmare year. But, like, I I think he, this has been his worst coaching year as a Celtic. Like, It's been his and toughest. I'm sorry. It's, that, that's, it's been his that, toughest, that, that, for
1: that's, sure. That's without question. But I, And I, I'm i with Mike, too, in the sense of, like, you know, we just – we can't live that that alternate reality. And there's so many politics. There's so many things that we don't know about. There are agents that are calling after every single game, you know, bitching about their guys. And, like, there's there's just, just like – There's a lot of that, and I think for me, like it's hard, like the fact that Brad Stevens is a a human being. That's what I've had to accept this season. I think that's healthy,
2: right? And I think that's what I'm saying. Like he, he was so, he had been so good for so long, and he still obviously is fantastic. I'd still rather take him over pretty much any other coach in the league right now. Don't get me wrong here. I'm just saying, like you said, Rich, like the fact that he is human (laughs) is disappointing. Because i I wasn't sure. If he, <laughs> I wasn't sure if he was, before the season, just based on how well he'd been able to make everything work, no matter what obstacles kind of came up. Think about two years ago, three years ago. Like they traded away like half the team, and he was still turn that team into a playoff team, even when they didn't want the, the front office didn't want him to. Like he's been Ex- that
0: good. Expectations are just they're fascinating in the NBA. I think about them all the time and how they influence decisions. Like. Um,
1: I mean, this whole biggest, the whole biggest disappointment thing is just about personal expectations that we right. had. Based right. And then it's like, thing.
0: who is to say that, like, I even know what the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> you no, know exactly. what I mean? um,
2: we should just stop doing the
1: podcast thing. Exactly. All, we don't, we don't, we, Can we
0: <laughs> I think we we I was expecting one of you guys to pick Gordon and I want to talk about
1: Gordon. <laughs> Well, I'll, I'll, We'll have it. We'll have a chance and uh, later. Okay. I can like, yeah, like okay. two, so like two quick, things. Quick hit okay. category. But let's okay. do, uh, let's do most, uh, most underutilized. So congratulations to uh, t- Terry Zero for biggest disappointment. <laughs> Sweet, taking home. Um, most
2: underutilized, most underutilized. Yeah, I'll, I'll come out. I think Shemmy is the obvious choice. Um, no, that's not true. You could, but I. So but just, but who's gonna, your pick? I'm gonna go with Brad Wanamaker. I'm just gonna do it. Wow. Is this, wow. Your, is this I, an anti I, terry Rozier I rant. This is, this is just something where I know he's a flawed player. I know he's been overseas for way too long to like for a reason. But like, when he does a lot of just like simple things that I think this team has benefited from, for instance, whether it's getting the ball moving on offense, running a good pick and roll. Um, being able to knock down a three, shooting 50% from three, limited sample size, but it's still 50%. And, um, you know, just being in the right place most of the time he's out there. And, again, I understand the politics of the situation, the, the guys in front of him and not wanting to lose guys, but it wouldn't. I would have liked to seen him get, like, a, a five- or ten-game stretch to, like, see what he looks like when he has real talent around him and see whether, like, that helped some of the team's issues on both ends of the floor when they were struggling. All
1: okay, right. that's interesting. What do you think? I got a question for Pina. Yes. There have been 46 Celtics games since since Christmas. And how many of those games has Robert Williams played more than five minutes? 46 games. Three. Eight. Still oh. feels ridiculously... Still feels very low to me.
2: Is that your I know choice? Hasn't
1: exa- yeah, yeah I, knew, I knew it hasn't been healthy for the entire season, but, like, it's just a dude that just seemed... Like, so many times this year, It at the worst moments, it just felt like the Celtics were missing something, right? Kick in the ass or some sort of thing to ignite them. And it just felt like every time he was out there... I mean, like every time, but most of the time he was out there, he seemed to provide that little kick. And I would have liked to see it maybe... Right, i throw that out there a little bit more often.
2: The garden crowd loves him more than any other player right now. I will say that. They get fired up when he comes into the game. Um, unfortunately, like I agree with you, Rich, Like, but the problem is his on-offs are like horrific, which is very surprising based on, again, the energy. The
1: like, sample everything size you just is mentioned. pretty small, right? but, Yeah, anyway, the I sample
2: mean, size is pretty small, too, so like you can't really read into it as much.
1: And he's playing with crappy players for a lot of it. I mean, I know he, right. he had some run with the starters, but...
2: I would love to see him with Al in these next few games right now. Like put put that front line out there for the next week and for a few minutes a game to see what that looks like because if he has someone out there to help him on D, like I feel like that you hide some of his warts and you get the the upside that he brings.
0: Well, we talked yeah. about Robert Williams on the like at the draft and how interesting it was for the Celtics to draft a rim-rolling big who can't space the floor. And that's just really, that's just never been, it's uh, just really never been something that Brad Stevens has been interested in putting into his system. Um, so I, it hasn't really surprised me at all that Robert Williams hasn't really played um, to say nothing of the fact that he's a rookie on this team. That's just like stacked at every position and like even Tice can step out and shoot. And as much as I, I'm not a huge fan, just like that, that ability is something that I think Brad really, really values. So Um, it hasn't really surprised me at all that he hasn't played big minutes. Who's your choice? Mike? My choice is Aaron Baines. Uh And, uh, we have, you know, briefly dropped his name a few times on this pod. And uh, I mentioned that he has been injured for stretches, uh, really bad injuries. And he seems to always get banged up. That was the play against the Sixers. Um, that kind of turned the tide of that game when he had to leave. Um, I don't know. Like Baines is just the the Celtics are just so good when Horford and Baines are on the floor together. I thought that that would be a staple of this of this team of this season again. Uh, I don't I don't really necessarily agree with going away from that uh, as much as they have. Uh, you know, even when he's when he was healthy for a long time for for, for like these stretches he couldn't crack the starting lineup. Uh, Baines is just he's just so rock solid in what he does. We talked about Marcus Smart's ability to know his role. Aaron Baines knows his role more than like anybody by far in my opinion. Um, and I think you'll see his minutes go up in the playoffs and I think that uh, whether it's as a backup five or a starting five or someone who'll just spell Al. Uh, Baines is just he's a critical dude and he does a lot of dirty work and uh, the Celtics are just a better team
2: when he's on the floor yep 100% agree with that I just to throw this out to you guys like it almost feels like the Celtics are short of big now which is crazy given but like deciding this is the way they want to play like it's almost like they're too reliant on Baines and Horford now are you saying that they should have re-signed Greg Monroe no I'm saying <laughs> they could have used anyone but Greg Monroe. No, like, I mean, like, I, I do wonder, though, like, if, if they knew they were going to, like, go big like this, when they, if they, like, again, and you can't, they couldn't tell. Like, no one knew that defense was going to fall apart like it has at the trade deadline. Like, it's kind of pretty much trended that way since then. But, like, I do wonder whether they, you know, Danny and company would have, whether on the buyout market or had trade would have just tried to add you know a guy for 15 20 minutes a night to like ensure that they stay big who are you um, thinking like who's the guy that would fit that pj brown exactly pj brown that's i mean i'm trying robot. to think hmm. like who i mean honestly i like i watched bogut last night and he wasn't coming to the i know he wasn't gonna come and sell this but like that's exactly the type of like mold and like well, i really heard rumors that they that they went after you know i i I think a Polish paper said that Gortat was approached by the Celtics and he said, no. Um, is obviously- Gortat the publisher of this paper? Right. Exactly. I know like <laughs> Gortat, exactly. Like maybe that guy isn't even out there. That's like, there is no easy answer for it. Like of like who could have been competently you could trust on defense to like play the, you know, backup Baines Horford role. Well, but-
0: I know, I know that they inquired about Ennis right Um when he was bought out and uh that decision was you know it's just like the Celtics had such a difficult time uh convincing players to, to sign with them because you know they could not promise opportunity and so uh even in a situation where Aaron Baines keeps getting hurt uh at the end of the day the Celtics I think I like I think their identity even what I just said about Baines and the playoffs we're going to see a lot more small ball throughout the league even though the center position seems to be in vogue right now uh so I I I think Horford's going to spend most of his time at center. Um, and so I don't know how many minutes there would have been for someone like Cantor to, to have an impact. Uh, and generally speaking, you know, in the playoffs, again, I I think they'd want to, they still want to be as versatile and flexible as possible. And you can't
1: do that with guys like that on the floor. So we're, co- we're coming up on 45 minutes here. We talk about, just to play off, you want to go to, the, to to your stat of the week, Mike? Oh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm just I I, I think in the name of uh, do we
0: have a do we have a winner for this category?
1: I mean, it's a it's a it's a it's a three way uh, split right now. So I think okay. I don't know. Most underutilized, maybe is the most. Uh, I think we
0: go to semi under yeah, yeah semi semi yeah we we'll go semi. <laughs> um, well, Rich, I, I we can like the stat of the week. We can definitely move to next week. It's not going anywhere, but um. Yeah, I'm gonna I want mean, like, to I, I want to well, know the it, questions.
1: It's just, it's just two. Well, because you you mentioned PJ Brown, one of my questions <laughs> to you guys is like super, superlatives. Is like who in the playoffs is most likely to have the PJ Brown moment? Who's the most likely sort of unsung hero of any potential Celtics finals run? Like, does it have to be someone who plays
2: less than twenty minutes a game, or just anyone? It can who's be whoever,
1: just, whatever feels right in your heart. I'll say Gordon. I don't know if that, like... No, I think Gordon's
2: one of the two guys I had written down. Is this who's qualified?
0: PJ wasn't on my max contract.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, fine. The, um, other, the, other one's, the other one's Marcus Morris. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, are, are you guys ready for that? It's just going to be so uncomfortable because everyone's being so, been so awful about this guy. Not that he hasn't totally deserved it, but the fact that he carried this team for the first two, two to three months of the season has been totally forgotten i don't think it should be
2: yeah that's fair i mean like, we stayed away from him for disappointing because based on those we did great two three months so like we've taken it easy on him no he also it's really
0: difficult for him to disappoint me <laughs>
2: that's true uh, um, uh the I, next one is uh sorry I, go ahead I,
0: no i'm gonna go can i i'm gonna go baines again
2: mm, i like that, Ooh, that uh, is a I mean, good one. L-
0: last year the three-point shot just came out of nowhere that was a huge deal um, I anticipate him being a humongous factor, uh, in the first round against, uh, the Turner Sabonis duo. We'll see how, how many minutes those two play together, uh, in the second round, you need, absolutely need Baines to be a guy who uses basically all six fouls, just roughing the shit out of Giannis, uh, um, hustling back in transition. It's like Horford can't do that by himself, um. So I just think Baines is going to be, he's huge. And, and he's, he's actually like, he can also hit the mid-range jumper, which a lot of people don't know. He doesn't really have an opportunity to do that too much. But I can totally see him hitting like that random big shot for that just came out of nowhere.
1: In your, in your mind right now, is it a three-pointer?
0: Uh, Top of the, yeah, top of the key, straight away, just dagger. Uh, I can see has, it. It has yeah. to be at the garden too, has
1: to be. Yeah, exactly. Ooh, you might've sold me. Yeah, Uh the next one is this is good. This would be the the like the playoff Rondo award. You know, uh, when he was here. By the way, you saw he uh, passed Bob Cousy for 18th on the all-time assist list. Little uh, Celtics cross section there. No reaction. No, no. <laughs> b up. Did you write um, one? Did you write one down for the Rondo Cousy? Uh, I in- know that did not. Uh... <laughs> Didn't make it on the radar here. So. All right, so there are a lot. So there are a lot of guys on this year's team that sort of embody that that the inconsistency that Rondo brought to the table, uh, certainly his last few years. But uh, who do you think is the most likely dude to to turn it on once the playoffs start and to be his best self? Can I go? There are a couple of good candidates. Okay, can I go? Yeah. Yes. Uh,
0: Tatum. Pretty easily. For, actually, well,
2: Tatum or Jalen, but I'm going Tatum. You're up? I, I'm going to go Terry Rozier. You stole Ooh. my phone. I'm going to go Terry right. Rozier because he, he has played his best basketball in the playoffs for the past two years. So that's where you know Brad Stevens is hitching his wagon to, Danny Ainge is hitching his wagon to, and if you only care about the playoffs – then like that's probably not the the worst bet and um i hope he proves me wrong i hope he proves everyone (laughs) wrong for like you know bitching about him for the last five months because uh he needs it and his contract
1: needs it too okay because you've been very anti-terry this season and now you're setting yourself up so like if he if he fails you on this one too like that that... i'm giving him one last
2: chance here I'm, i'm offering him like you know i'm offering him my hand to like you know I'm turning the other cheek, and um, yeah. And if he, I'm officially out though. If he, uh, if he proves right. me wrong, though, I think uh, Ter- the Celtics will be out too. Yeah.
1: <laughs> T- Terry, Terry was my pick. Was my pick as well. I think that. Say, there's going to be at least one. He's going to win one game in these playoffs. There will be a Terry Rozier game. Well,
2: he got some practice in that in Charlotte the other night, so hopefully it goes better than. Me. How did his game? In,
0: how did his game in Brooklyn go without Kyrie? Uh, or not great. It's not great. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I, won, I won a little money on that game.
1: <laughs> That's right. So, so wait, what did you? What did you bet? You did you bet the? Because that was when everyone was out for the Celtics. Yes. And, and did you bet the money line or the spread?
0: Uh, spread. So the Nets were giving a point and a half.
2: Great bet, Mike.
0: It's a great bet, it's right? A great bet. I'm not even a gambler. Great bet um
1: there's never a great well maybe there are a few great bets but
0: that's so i won that i guess I, I, i guess we'll wrap up here um with my my gambling escapades in vegas real quick please um yeah so won some money on that game put money on texas tech versus gonzaga uh i was getting four they won straight up um, and, you're, awesome. and you're not.
1: And you're not a gambler, right? Like this is. I'm not a gambler. I were literally... you with? Ga- were you with gamblers?
0: No, I was with people who were like, "Oh, you know the NBA. Put money down in an NBA game." And like, you won. Okay. Yeah, and then everyone started p- placing the same after the the yeah, Celtics they copy game. You? Yeah, they then, copy then everyone was copying yeah, me. That's right. Um, and then the other game that I did, which was kind of absurd, was the uh, Hawks Bucks game, which was like a, tw- a, a noon start uh bucks were playing i looked at the starting lineup for the bucks and i saw that there were two players who i'd never heard of before and i was like oh that's a interesting thing and i saw that this the hawks were getting six points oh my like- gosh i was like oh <laughs> so i like ran over to the the desk and the lady's like the line just swung like five and a half points <laughs> i was like <laughs> oh my god so i still took the bet and then trey young hit a buzzer beater and i won
2: so we, they were giving what? They were giving one or were they? They were even...
0: getting one and a half. Got it. After getting six. Got
1: it. Um, I guess I would have won even if he didn't
0: hit the buzzer beater, but it was still cool that he hit it.
1: Right. So were you guys all watching together, like you, like the whole the whole crew that put a bunch of money on your picks? Yes. And you watched it unfold together.
0: Yeah, and the the Hawks were uh, down, I think, forty five to twenty in the first quarter. So everyone was like, "You're an idiot. No wonder you're unemployed." Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> But I had to explain that you know it's it's the first quarter means absolutely nothing in the NBA, especially these days. Um,
1: so it was good; worked out for everybody. So what you do if you're experienced better once you see that happen, then you go and you p- place a live bet, and you double down on the Hawks. Okay, so uh, I mean, this that is point, what I don't
0: understand. Yeah, if you guys were texting me throughout the week, I'd be like, "Oh, you got a hedge." Well, I, I have no idea what any of that means.
1: So <laughs> you did it right. You, you placed you placed three bets, you won all three, and you walked away. Yep. Yeah, you don't you don't want to go down the road. Just just, just no. Keep, keep your head up. And... A lot
0: of depressing faces at the sports book. I gotta say. Yeah.
1: Which, which sports book were you at?
0: Uh, first was Caesars. Yeah, Caesars basically where we spend most of the time. Nice.
1: Yeah. Who who are the two guys on the on the bucks you never heard of? Bonzi Colson was probably one of them, right?
0: Yeah, him and then the other one. I know who Tim Frazier is, but I don't. Uh, you know, like right. it was like yeah, Tim they Frazier's signed him about... last week. Yeah, it was like Tim Frazier's about to play how many minutes in this game? He played the uh, whole game.
1: 53 yeah, with a triple-double, right? Yeah. Also, Not Man Redclaw's legend, I believe. That's correct. Yeah.
2: Boy, it's Anthony Davis. Maybe he'll get signed this offseason by the Celtics. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, do we want
0: to wrap it up here?
2: Yeah. I. Um, we'll save... Uh, we'll save that for right. later because that that's that story is going to work in it's an all-time they're playing the rockets in the finals sure um, exactly but mm-hmm. uh yeah we hope everyone enjoyed the first award winning plays award show um and if you you send your gripes or your agreements to us on twitter follow us at michael v pina at rich underscore levine at brian t rob uh subscribe to the winning plays podcast um Review us, rate us on iTunes. And, yeah, definitely looking forward to getting some playoff juice going for next
1: week. Playoff juice. Let's do it. All right. Thanks, guys.